and welcome to episode number 33 of the At YouTube podcast, talking all things U2, including new album news, if it ever happens, tour dates, if they ever happen again, <laughs> community discussions from the staff about U2. We're a little punchy, a little uh, uh, dog joke here. Uh, <laughs> joining me for this episode is Mr. Matt McGee once again. Hello, Matt. Hello, Chris. How are you? I am well. You've recovered from uh, your trip or wherever you were last week, last ep- episode. I think I was uh, in a what I was in some. I think I was at Seattle Airport waiting for my final flight home, and uh, but I had you guys were recording in the middle of the day, and I had work to do, and so I was unable to join in. And I also didn't want to be that guy that sits at the gate at the airport and has like loud conversations on his phone, right? <laughs> yeah, I did not want to be that guy. So, so instead, you listened live and you were shouting at us. I was. I listened live and I was shouting at right. you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and uh, another returning guest, uh, Miss Sherry Lawrence, you're back. I am. I'm looking forward to this week in punditry. <laughs> We're joking before the show started of uh, this week in dad jokes, maybe, uh, given topics, which we'll cover in a minute. And making his return, his triumphant return, I forget which episode you were on last, but uh, Mr. Tim Newfeld is back. Hello, Tim. Well, hello there. Glad to be back with you all. It's yeah. been a busy season, but... Uh, Glad to be back on the podcast. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Congratulations on the one-year anniversary for the Crystal Ballroom. Which ah, thank you very much. Yeah, we celebrated yesterday. We had a big party here at Crystal Ballroom Central with you know balloons and bubble machines and the whole thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> what's uh, for folks who don't know what we're talking about? Somehow, what uh, what's the Crystal Ballroom and how can they find it? We have uh, probably the best way is just to follow on Periscope. Just follow at. Tim Newfeld, but there is a uh, Crystal Ballroom Facebook page if you search that out. And uh, we're usually using the hashtag U2CB, and you'll get various activity going on around that. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes too. The periscope.tv slash Tim Newfeld works as well to get there if you're oh, on the browsers, uh, the old fashioned things before video came along. Mm-hmm. But, uh, very cool. Just wanted to follow up or catch up, I guess, with Sherry just on the well fund update and just to see where things are at. I think the official campaign is finished, but they obviously continue to raise money. But uh, Sherry, where is that at? Oh, absolutely. So the African Well Fund's uh, 14th annual Build a Well for Bono's Birthday campaign has collected $6,940.85 at the time of our podcast recording. So they had hit their $5,000 target and then some, but I know that they would like to make it $7,000. So if somebody Mm -hmm. wants to get there and give another 60 bucks to put them over the top. That would be great. And uh, you can go to africanwellfund.org slash donate and you'll find it there. And after making your donation, don't forget to sign Bono's birthday card. Uh, the fine folks at the Well Fund put together a beautiful um, handcrafted card every year and it somehow makes its way to Bono. So, uh, so uh, be kind and we know that it's... Uh, Bono's favorite birthday present because he said so himself and he's never been known to exaggerate a thing or two so uh, no. <laughs> um, it's it's one of my favorite things to uh, donate to on an annual basis anyway mm-hmm. um, it's yeah. amazing for such little amount of money how much good can come to an entire um, community so uh, 
they're good people over at the African Well Fund. Yeah. And again, that link will be in the show notes too. Good stuff.fm slash ATU2 slash 33. This is episode number 33 of the show. Uh, okay. Let's move on to the inbox. Uh, we just have a couple questions from folks, listeners out there, um, which you can send in if you tweet out. We're using the hashtag ask at you too, and uh, we'll collect it and answer it in the future show. Or if you have a comment, uh, I'm trying to make sure my arm doesn't wave and hit that cable again. I keep <laughs> coming dangerously close to it. I need someone to tie my hand behind my back. Uh, at Bruna Caffey asked, and this is something I've often wondered, and I think we've sort of talked about it, but do you think Adam sends the tweets slash Instagram posts about his journeys himself and are Bono's tweets mostly drunk tweets? Because um, Adam's actually been doing... Those are two, two separate questions. Sure, yeah. We'll talk about Adam first because he's the non-drunk one, I guess, <laughs> for reasons. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I've often wondered in general if they do it, and we've talked. We sort of figured they probably are sending it in to somebody, and then that person is posting it for them. But you think Adam, so? I don't. You don't think so? I don't. I don't know. I can't. I I I see. I'm at the point now. I mean, I probably did think that early on, but I'm at the point now. Like when he goes on a like, didn't he do like six Instagram posts in one day, like last week yeah. or something like that? I think Adam has gotten the keys now. I think it's they probably like so why? Yeah. Slowly said, "Okay, now you can try it. You're not on tour, you're not going to do anything stupid maybe." I don't know. The one band member who doesn't have a microphone in concert gets control yeah. of their social media and goes bananas. I love it. Well, wasn't it Adam's brother who did the website originally a while ago? Well, that's what I think. I think he's got very close relationships there that are helping him navigate all of that. And I I think everything's got to be vetted by somebody, but that's just me. I'm guessing. I don't, I, I, I think, I, I don't think, think he does post vets Adam Clayton. No, no, no. I, I, I don't see that at all. <laughs> Adam Clayton, if you're out there, if you're not, if you're listening and not having this, the bottom of this, yeah, <laughs> well, your you assistant know, he, is reading this to you. Somehow. He's the only guy who can still go around shirtless on stage, so maybe he can post his own Instagram. That know, I is think, true. I think you're no, get he's the only one, one with the guts to go shirtless. That's it. <laughs> you don't want to see Bono's guts? All right, I don't know. Bono, Bono, we think is tweeting mostly drunk tweets. Do we? <laughs> he's definitely doing the like, you know, the he's bordering on dad jokes often, actually, is what I think, uh, or whatever, and dad visual jokes, um, puns and stuff. Yeah, the Rolling Stone one was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, he's always trying to be a bit artsy with his stuff as well, I think. Yeah. Although, although Edge's uh, latest one with the uh, David Bowie coffee table book with a set of glasses over, it's also. Very artsy. That was nice, yeah. And these aren't selfies necessarily because they're having people take pictures of them doing some activities, especially Edge, like loading a truck full of IKEA. That's not a selfie, yeah. You know, <laughs> it is funny when you think of like these four guys who all contribute to one account. Like if the four of us contributed to one Instagram account for a while, we would probably be sending stuff in fairly regularly and and wouldn't worry too much about it and you'd kind of just overlap or whatever but for four people who travel the world see a lot of stuff you know are in a lot of different places <laughs> you'd think they've had a lot of opportunities but yeah like you said for edge the most interesting thing like there's guitar nerds out there myself included who would love him to just tweet pictures of guitars non-stop right like yeah and his effects board and his cables he's using and his Absolutely. whatever like all that kind of stuff. he could go nuts on that obviously but um they're obviously very selective and uh private maybe maybe smart is the other thing. <laughs> unlike what i would be but and have we we've seen anything from larry on 
not since the, not since the last time we called them out about it. Right. Well, maybe we should. This is this is no. The last this. one where where Larry's in a picture is when they were honoring Dennis Sheehan. Um, right. Yeah. Right. On the yeah. anniversary, but that was a picture of all four of them. The last one in Instagram that has just Larry in it was taken at a soccer pitch where he's not looking very happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that was eight weeks ago. So, yeah, uh, we're due for uh, a new Lairdance picture at some point. <laughs> so, uh, if you're out there, Adam, get a picture of Larry. <laughs> Make sure he's in the studio and put it up. Yeah. yeah let's see, Mr. The Drummer Boy. I, have to, I posted the, the picture that Adam took from the back of the plane uh, his seat and coach or whatever that he got. I posted that to Facebook and lots of people were thinking, I, and I made some comment about like, make sure to check the back of your plane for the bass player from you too. And lots of people thought I was on the plane and sitting next to Adam Clayton or something. Oh. <laughs> I'm thinking I was trying, like they're asking, where are you going? What are you doing? Like, no, oh, no, this is actually the bass player himself who's posting this picture. But at any rate, always I love check. that picture. Rock stars. They're just like us. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. The one, the one thing, the one thing about their their Instagram photos is that I, that I'm not sure of. It, like I, I'm not positive that all of them are timely. I because I know I like I know Adam posted uh, sometime like a month or two ago. He posted some art museum photo on Instagram, and it was a day that we knew he was like you know, somewhere else right. in the world doing something where, you know, it was like known for a fact that, you know, tonight Adam is at this event in, you know, Europe, yet he posted a photo from like the New York or the San Francisco Art Museum. So I'm just, I'm not convinced that all of their photos are like that same day. I think, I think they might like hold stuff in the. Which that's the, where it leads me to think that it is still vetted, even though it's. It could, yeah, it could be, or they yeah. could just. You know, or they could just be saving photos on their camera roll. You know, who knows? But yeah, like well, I just tweeted a picture from nine years ago. Yes, you did. I saw that. So it it really doesn't matter if it's a day a day ago or a decade well, no, ago. I'm, no, I mean, I mean, if if I mean, it only matters to, to the extent that you know we sit here and we see Adam sitting in the back of Coach, and we immediately think, wow, he's you know flying Coach somewhere today. Well, it could have been last week, or it could have been last month, or who knows. Yeah, but it's still cool, right? Because <laughs> you have to think if he posts a picture like he's waiting at Heathrow there at what well, looks like the regular gate for normal folks, <laughs> um, you know, somebody's going to rush over and say, "Hey, are you Adam Clayton?" But uh, yeah, I think they're probably delayed at least a little bit, anyways, just for if nothing else for security, but also just yeah. Um, okay, sec- next question from at RVH95. When U2-2, the album uh, tracks, were being selected by fans, did U2.com temporarily make a ton of live content available for voting? Does anybody remember? Or I thought they, they were like snippets. Yeah, it was like 30-second, wasn't it? 30-second yeah. clips of each of the songs that you could vote for, something like that, or maybe a minute long. I don't think it was full songs, but I could be wrong. And they certainly weren't downloadable at that point. I I do remember being able to vote on, you know, a fairly broad selection of songs, though, yeah. All right. Well, there you go at RBH95. That's it for the questions for this week. Um, If you, like I said, if if you want to send in your own questions, send it a tweet with hashtag ask at you too, and we'll get it into the podcast. You can also tweet at at youtube.com or at youtube sorry on twitter and uh, we'll find it that way as well but uh that's the way to get questions into the show comments or 
just general uh, feedback on the podcast. All are welcome and all will be discussed in great detail on future episodes. All right. Uh, for the at YouTube roundtable, we, uh, we have uh, the discussion topic that's been <laughs> the, uh, what did you say, Sherry? It's the oh, Matt Damon of Jimmy Kimmel talk, talk show fame kind of like constantly kicked to the curb because we ran out of time. But uh, we're actually finally getting to it this time. And that's the idea of you two and your kids, your family, your, you know, your relations, I guess, and, and specifically kids or dogs, I guess, as the case may be. We have Sarah in the chat room who's got a couple dogs and curious about <laughs> how that relates to introducing your dogs to you two. And uh, Sherry, I don't know if you had uh, a bit of a setup for it or any other thoughts to add before we get into the discussion of this idea because it was your sort of topic. Yeah, the the whole thought of it was, you know, I've I've been a fan since the late 80s. And so for me, I've always had memorabilia around. And there was... Um, um, a bit of discussion about, you know, how much is too much uh, when you have more pictures of Mr. Bono than you do of daddy around the house, you might, you might have, have a little imbalance <laughs> issue going on. Um, so, um, so I just wanted to toss it out for, for a round table discussion with people who, you know, are in a similar boat um, with kids of varying different ages and stages as to, um, you know, how do you balance your fandom and, and your enthusiasm for your favorite band with teaching your kids about limits and why they shouldn't have posters of Pokemon up in their room covering up all four walls, yet in your home office you have no problems putting up pictures of Bono, Larry, Adam, and Edge. So, um, hello pot, kettle's black, you know. So I'm just curious... Um, uh, to toss it out for general discussion. Right. I, so the obvious follow-up is, are there more photos of Mr. Bono than there are of Daddy in your house, Sherry? Uh, I think we are at an even balance, but <laughs> if it wasn't for Mr. Bono, I wouldn't have met my husband. So I think it's okay to have one extra one of him than I have of my husband. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. And obviously, I guess each relationship, it's, uh, we're, this isn't the marriage advice podcast by any means, but... You know. But that could be the next episode. Anyway, <laughs> go on. <laughs> <laughs> marriage advice as filtered through YouTube lyrics. <laughs> exactly. You're so cruel. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I don't have many posters up. I have a couple posters up, but it definitely isn't. A, my wife isn't too concerned about my love of U2 or the members of U2 um, <laughs> to that degree. But uh, and I come at it more with the kid angle. But I don't know, Matt. So how about you? Is there concern? And I go. I know, Sherry, you're alluding to things like even budget and you know what you're spending your money on and all that kind of stuff too. Is probably part of that and time with babysitting and, and all that other stuff. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, you know, there's eight million ways we could we could go in in this conversation, right? Um, I I think you know the the thing that the thing that I've always said is like I didn't force either of my kids to be U2 fans and in fact one of them is not um you know my daughter doesn't oh, care so for U2 doesn't care for U2 whatsoever um my son is a big fan and has been to oh gosh five maybe six concerts the first one was on the Vertigo tour when he was 8 
and then he saw some on 360, and he saw some on the last tour last year. So I think he's up to like five or six concerts. Um, anyway, but I don't know. I mean, my my in general, I think my attitude towards this, and I've said this um, to my wife, I think, or maybe even to one or both of the kids, is that I hope that my kids have something in their life that they are as passionate about and something that gives them as much comfort and joy as U2 has given me. And whether or not that's U2 or baseball or softball or playing an instrument or sewing or, you know, whatever it could be. I just think, you know, I just think that it's important, you know, as human beings that we have something in our lives that, you know, just fires us up and, and you know, just draws out, uh, you know, a real, you know, a real passion in us. And so, you know, you too does that for me. And, and, you know, if, if my daughter's not into them and that's fine, I'm certainly not going to force that onto her, but I would like for her to find something as she gets older and, and figures out what interests her and what doesn't. Um, so, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I just growing up, you know, with having them watching them grow up, I, you know, just always try to keep it healthy and, you know, not go over the line and, and force anything on them and, and all that sort of thing. Yeah. You're much wiser. My question in the, in the, notes for the episode was your kids hate you too do you kick them out <laughs> so <laughs> you're much mean? mature more mature than i am tim how about you with your kids and, and- well you know that's that's a, it's, it is a great question thanks for bringing it up sherry so here's the way i think of it a little different um it has a lot to do with the stage of life your family is in so when my kids were little we didn't run around chasing you too we didn't have money we didn't have time and we're in Fresno, which is kind of landlocked from the big airports, which are in L.A. and San Francisco and the whole thing. So this is only really kind of recent for me in the last decade that we've had freedom maybe to leave our kids with the grandparents while we go away for four days, you know, chasing you two or something like that. So, I, you know, I took my wife to her first concert, and that was only on the Vertigo tour. And, and I just remember her standing in the arena in San Jose in the Shark Tank, and her mouth dropped open because she was like, oh my goodness, everybody's got their hands up and they're singing. So that that kind of hooked us as a couple. And then on the 360 tour, I thought, you know, the kids are old enough that I could take them into the stands. That was that was the tour we were all getting there at 7 a.m. at, you know, and I knew they couldn't handle that. So my youngest was nine years old. My oldest was 13. I got two boys. We took them to Angel Stadium on the the third leg or whatever when they came through, not the first time around. And and they loved it. But I have a really funny story from that because my nine-year-old, I mean, it's like 11.30 and U2's breaking the curfew and all of this. It's just a great, great show. It was the one where they, they headed towards Glastonbury, you know, when they reset the order and the whole thing. And and so we were just loving it. And my, my nine-year-old fell asleep for the last three songs right there <laughs> in the ballpark, in the seats. And he woke up and it was just over. Like we were taking pictures of him while he was still sleeping and people are leaving and everything. And he woke up and he looks around and he started crying. Did they sing Moment of Surrender? That's my oh, favorite song. Oh, wow. I wanted to hear Moment of Surrender. You know, so so that kind of hooked him. And then um, on the IE tour here, you know, Innocence and Experience, we I came home from Vancouver and I said to my wife, our our boys have to see this show. This is a family show. 
And uh, I really, really almost divine kind of thing happened. Where we came home from Vancouver, I was in church on Sunday morning. I confess, I checked Ticketmaster. Like, I was checking every hour for <laughs> drops God answered your in prayer. San Jose. Sherry, I'm not kidding. I got six GA tickets sitting in the pew in church. And I went and I grabbed two buddies. And my kids came home. That was Sunday. They came home from school on Tuesday. And I said, kids, get in the car. We're going to see you too. And that was my first Periscope, actually. My first title of my first Periscope was, I'm about to tell my kids they're going to see you too. And we got in the car. We drove two and a half hours to San Jose. And they were so hooked. And I've got lots of more stories because we ended up taking them to Boston and seeing a couple concerts there too. And uh, it's been a great activity because now they're they're 13 and 17, and it's very it's become very expensive. Uh, <laughs> yes, that, yes, that, yes. Oh my goodness! That but stupid what? little mini album I bought for a reduced price in 1983 <laughs> has cost me so much money. Uh, but it's a great. Now they're at the stage where we have a family activity to do together. So we're saving up our coins for when they come back out on tour. We hope we can take the whole family to do some, like we saw Sherry in Boston. We got to see Boston and New York and they'd never been there. And we threw in you two at the same time. So it's become kind of a, a family activity for us too. What is really beneficial though, Tim, is because they are at the age that they're at, it may be very expensive, but at least they're with you. I'm probably spending about the same amount of money in babysitting yeah, <laughs> because mine aren't quite that old yet. Well, I do have a theory about that. I'm, I'm not, I don't, I never took my kids on kind of exotic vacations when they were younger because I thought, I don't know, maybe this is wrong, but it's just not going to mean much to them later. Now as teens, we've decided we're going to spend money traveling because they are going to remember this, and we're building family, we're building memories. So you two's been a part of that. I have to ask, were, were as you're checking for tickets, was that when like the whatever you do, the tithing basket <laughs> went by, and you're like face down in your phone, you're like, yeah, just pass it along, and <laughs> God has, my, my, had his little laugh my, as you. <laughs> my pastor is a very good friend, but there's no chance I remember his sermon on that day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No chance. But that does bring up a good question or a good point of like when to bring, because it's one thing to play the music at home, obviously. I'm assuming most parents probably play the music at home. And we've, we talked about it in the, the Slack chat room that we have for the U2 site of, you know, the, what was it, U2 Lullabies CD that came out or whatever a while ago. But, no. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll take the dog barking video. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, and I've played lots for my kids and, and almost every other video that I make of them doing various stuff has a U2 song in the background of some mm. sort, of course. But bringing them to a concert, obviously, is a whole different animal and whether it's a U2 show or not. But like um, the one, you know, you can generally know that it's a, a safe environment for them to go to. But just as far as when, just like what you're saying, Tim, maybe, I don't know, Sherry or, or um, Matt, if you brought your two ki- your kids to the to a concert, what age and how did they find it? And was it a good, good thing to do? Bad thing? What was your experience? 
Well, my son's first U2 concert, he was two months old, and we were watching the uh, the uh, U2 3D premiere in Cannes that was uh, being simulcast online. So uh, technically, his first concert was at two <laughs> months old from the comfort of our couch in, my, in our living room. Um, but because he has some sensory issues and, and that uh, a actual concert environment would not be a good thing. So it may be a long time before he is uh, right. uh, uh, feeling up to going to any kind of concert. It doesn't matter who it is. But my daughter, on the other hand, um, she has been weaned on YouTube from the get-go. And so she, um, she really got into uh, uh, Songs of Innocence, uh, basically because I would play it nonstop uh, to the point where she would be bouncing around in the in the playroom to Miracle of Joey Ramone and and when the Tonight Show had the a video contest which which never came to fruition because of a bike accident or something like that um, but uh, we had done a submission about that so at that point she kept asking when they go on tour can I can I see them can I meet them I'm like okay you're a little young um, uh, but we'll see what we can do and just the way that the band's career has uh, has taken the turn uh, with this particular album this particular tour I felt God forbid another bike accident happens. I will regret not having her have her first concert be a U2 concert. So um, my husband and I made the decision that we would take her. Um, and as luck would have it, we were able to get a, uh, um, a spare GA because that was like a last minute decision that we were going to bring her. Um, so that's been her one and only concert. But we did take her to Foxborough Stadium um, for an off day for 360 so that they could see the big stage from behind the gates. And we took pictures in front of the uh, Blackberry Loves You 2 poster. And so so we made it appear like she had been to other shows. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, um, um, I'm glad that we did it. She's asking to go again. <clears throat> which is always um, a good sign. But um, um, if it's going to be a stadium or something like that, I don't know. I think it would just be too many people and, and she's still itty-bitty. Mm -hmm. uh, but the good thing is is bringing uh, um, smaller kids to U2 shows, their crew are, are on top of that, making sure that they have ear protection, that they're okay, that they're in a safe spot, if you need anything, you know, this is very much a um, um, a child-friendly uh, uh, crew that you two has in order to ensure that everybody's having a quality experience. Nice. Yeah. How about you, Matt? Yeah. No, I'm, well, I'm glad Sherry mentioned that because when I was thinking earlier today about um, about this topic and what we would talk about, I, that that came to my sprung to my mind as well. That the uh, uh, the U2 security folks, and then also the local security folks, y you know, you, they, they, they're just very good with, with having the little kids around. And, um, and so, you know, it, it is friendly to that. I don't know, like I get, uh, well, I say that at the same time, I get a little nervous when I see like toddlers, you know, I just worry about their ears yeah. and, 
and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know, you know, I don't know, like every parent has to make, you know, that decision for themselves, I guess. But I just, I get nervous, um, you know, when I see the really, really little ones. When, when, when my son went to his first show, he, as I said, he was eight or just about, he was, he was like a month away from his eighth birthday. And, um, so we had, you know, the big earmuffs and he wore them for the whole show and, um, you know, yeah, I mean, it was it was a really good experience, and, and he loved it and wanted to go back the next tour and has wanted to go back, you know, this most recent tour. And, um, but yeah, it's, it can, it's, you know, it can be a little, it can be a little, you know, nerve wracking that first time and, and, you know, how's it going to work and all that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, if I, I just, you know, it, it have heard almost exclusively good experiences from fans that have, that have made the dive and taken their their children to the shows. Yeah, as a general rule, the yeah the fans there I think are are you know s- similar to you two and sort of ethos of that the band where it's it is friendly <laughs> friendly ish or whatever in, in terms of how they'll react to to you with that and stuff. And obviously you're not going to like fight to get right to the front with your kids and use them as a battering ram or whatever to like <laughs> push your way to the front or something. But um, yeah, that's, I was curious about that because that's on the last tour, it wasn't even a question of whether our kids would come or not because they were too young or whatever. Now our oldest is eight, almost nine. And so by the time they're touring again, then it theoretically could be a thing that we would do. And so it is, it's kind of good to hear just that idea. And, and uh, another question that we sort of threw about was the idea of like when to introduce your kids to you two and, and that idea, of, you know, yeah, like Matt said, you're not banishing them if they don't like you two, but obviously you're hoping for some sort of favorable response. Is there like any tried and true tested methods of... Uh... In the womb. <laughs> yes, in the womb. As, so. soon as, as soon as the pregnancy stick said, you're pregnant, in the womb. Was that so, my blue womb, Sherry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, joke number one. That's it. That's a, that took a while. For me, wow, that's that was good there, Tim. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think you know the earlier the better, um, in my opinion. Yeah, I was. Um, how else? I'm trying to remember what. He, our son started crawling. What, what, what age do babies start crawling? Like six months, nine months? Yeah. Somewhere around there. So we were, this was in our old house. And so we had, we had the stereo on in the TV room, the den, and it was playing the Unforgettable Fire album, as I recall. And, and, or no, it wasn't already playing. We were out in the living room uh, with him and he was just kind of, you know, crawling around on the floor and all this sort of stuff. And I went and I put on the Unforgettable Fire in the den and the stereo and he made a beeline crawling in to go listen to this and propped himself up right in front of where the stereo is. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've got a YouTube fan on my hands. <laughs> so like the Unforgettable Fire became my... Let's introduce you two to my son at age, you know, eight months or whatever it was. Was that a proud papa moment, Matt? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Considering that it's 18 years later and I can still remember it, yes, very much so. <laughs> so I, I, I remember uh, particularly when How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb came out. Vertigo was a hit in my house with my little oh, yeah. boys. and th- I have numerous videos of them running through the house and jumping and dancing and off the fireplace. And, uh, you know, we just played you two in the car and uh, we have this really funny kind of ongoing joke where I would say, Oh, that's my favorite song. And 
as you know, like a three-year-old, my son would say, Dad, you say all U2 songs are your favorite song. <laughs> so we still have an ongoing joke. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, I'll, I'll just I'll just follow up on that real quick. Um, and uh, at the risk of my son walking in my office right now and telling me to shut up, <laughs> he was, um, when he was three and a half, four and a half years old, I used to watch the Boston DVD constantly, right, at home mm-hmm. um, from the Elevation Tour. And so he would watch it with me. <laughs> two things he would do. Number one, during streets, he would start running in a circle around the living room. <laughs> and then number two, during the fly, he would run down the hall and lean up again, put his arms and legs up against the wall. doing the fly. <laughs> uh, I have video and photos of this that will be used for blackmail when he gets married. Yeah. <laughs> Well, these are all we're going to have the best wedding slideshows, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> How much of you two is going to be in each of our kids' wedding slideshows? Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, so we have an ongoing joke just because of again the age-specific kind of stuff. Where "Get on Your Boots" came out, and that's when our kids were our oldest two. Anyways, we're I think four and three or four and two or whatever. And like you know, winter up here in Canada, you are getting on your boots a lot, and so it became sort of this running joke of like. I would say to them, get on your boots. And then they'd both respond with, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so I'm sure now they'd like, they roll their eyes a bit already. At, at We do a lot of boom, cha in our family. Too. Right. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Now, Chris, will you, will you, if the opportunity presents itself, will you bring yours to a U2 show at some point? I don't know. I mean, I definitely want to. And it's something I actually hadn't really thought about until, you know, we, Sherry, we were talking about doing this kind of episode and, and cause again, like I was saying the last few times our kids have been too young and it's like, well, no, we just, and it's also kind of, you know, when your kids are that age, you're happy to leave them with grandparents if you can or whatever <laughs> for a break and kind of timed it with all that kind of stuff. And so the idea of bringing our oldest or our oldest two along, depending on where they're at exactly now is, is kind of appealing. Uh, it'll depend how many date nights and, and or date weekends we've had, I guess, leading up to that as to whether right. you want to or not. But definitely from a, just like I think someone had put in the show notes of like in the same way that it, uh, you guys won't know this, but like Saskatchewan Rough Rider football fan or uh, whatever team sport you, you follow, you kind of want to bring your kids along with that. And my son's into the Penguins and the playoff run they've had or whatever. And you're, it's fun to sit around and chat about that. And in the same way, I want to be able to do a bit of that with you too. But it is that kind of funny thing of like, it's the music, but it's also like a bunch of adult related stuff that is fascinating about you too, that they don't really care or understand. And, um, you know, and yes, standing around in a GA line for 14 hours with a Sharpie number is not exactly appealing to a nine-year-old. Right. No, that that's not kid friendly. <laughs> and you know what, Sherry, that's a great point because that's exactly why I think the IE tour is so family friendly. When I picked, when I told my kids we were going to the concert, I knew that we weren't going to be able to walk into that concert till half an hour before it started, and I knew we were going to still get on the floor and have a great time. Right. So yeah. it's it's they've really done a great job on this arena tour, and I hope they can keep that feel. I I actually was able to run into. You know, kind of one of the management team for you two, and I. You know, we kind of all say, if we met Bono, what would we tell him? You know, and you're always kind of going to be ready, just in case you run into somebody. And I had determined in my mind that if I ran into somebody who could convey messages, you know, right up to the top, and and I told him this. I said, this is the tour that I want my boys to see because there is so much 
core value in this tour. There's so much drama. You know, there's so much about reconciliation and Irish history. And it, we get in the car after the show, and we have things to talk about. Now, I have sons that are able to think abstractly about this now, so it's fun. That becomes a great family experience, and you can't do that when they're younger. But um, it, that really is an important theme that I wanted to come out in this podcast. I think this is U2's best family tour ever. Yeah, that's interesting. And um, I think the the family aspect of, of or and just life stuff and you're, whether you're, you know, when you're talking to your kids, whatever age they're at, even there's way I know in talking like they're when they're young, like mine are, they're starting their eyes are starting to be open to the fact that, you know, grandpa isn't going to always be around or stuff like that. And, and things like mm -hmm. that are you're encountering those kind of life lessons. Um, and and then obviously, you know, into their teen years and all that kind of stuff. And there's there's moments in the show and. Again, I'm speaking as someone who hasn't actually been to the show, so I can't. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, okay. Just from well, that's okay. A, yeah, uh, I mean, this stuff. is about this is a show about uh, teenage boys, yeah. so maybe that's why it resonates with me a little bit more too, because I have two teenage boys. So it it really uh, it really hit us as a family in a very strange way that I had never predicted. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, one thing that we were, and I saw Tim, you tweeted this already, is we we're going to su suggest to folks, if you wanted to, to tweet out a picture of you and your family in some way involved at a U2 concert of some sort, if you want to. Obviously, you, you have to be feel free to sharing your, your family photos or whatever online, but uh, you can just tweet out the at U2 account on Twitter or put the hashtag ask at U2 in there if you want to. Um, and I'll put the couple links that uh, Tim and... Uh, Sherry tweeted out um, in the show notes, and so you can check those out, which is very cool to see that. And uh, and I'm trying to remember now, like speaking of past U2 shows, I don't, I think um, I wouldn't have even, you know how it is where before you have kids, you're not really paying attention to other people with kids at things, and you're kind of like, there's just some annoying baby on the on the plane, whereas once you have kids, you're kind of aware that and just thankful that that's not your baby who's crying on the plane or is <laughs> whatever at the concert. But uh, yeah, it, it definitely can totally see how it'd be a, even past tours that I was at, it would be a great experience to bring them to just the spectacle of it all. And, and knowing that it's also in a, like we said, in, on spiritual levels, on just life levels, lots of stuff to sort of dissect and talk about afterwards. Every show on the innocence and experience tour, you will see back in the, in the Twitter feed, Every show, there were always pictures of innocence and experience where it would be a, a parent and a kid, um, a lot of them wearing T-shirts that say innocence and experience. You know, I think that this last tour really did lend uh, 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 an opportunity for, for just that um, uh, sharing of... Um, of their love for the band and bringing along the next generation. I mean, if you're thinking about you two as a as a business entity needing to uh, uh, recruit a younger fan base, uh, we did it for them <laughs> by bringing our kids along. You know, um, uh, what what did Bono say? Something along the lines of "It's a family business, and once you're in the family." Uh, it becomes a mafia, you know, um, um, 
uh, once you're in, you're in. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you if you go back through with the Twitter feed with the hashtag U2IE tour, um, you'll see picture after picture of people with their um, with their kid with the with the uh, slogan "Innocence and Experience." That was that was a running theme throughout every show. Yeah, very cool. That, so I guess that answers my question as far as whether um, my, one of my kids doesn't like me too enough. I don't have the right to kick them out, is what you're saying. No, so, no, no, no. Okay. Well, good to know. I'll just make a note of that for future. I, I, and, and I'll just, I'll just, I'll just add. She doesn't like the music. She respects what they stand for. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Is this because it's a rebellion phase? I'm not going to like anything no. that you like. No. I don't think so. I think it's just not. I just think it's not her her speed. Uh, Jeff in the chat room had a, a good question, uh, and I'm sure this has happened already. I would have to imagine. But would you ever consider naming a child after a U2 member, Lar- Lawrence Mullen Lawrence, for the next boy? Perhaps Sherry is what he's saying. <laughs> well, I did marry a Lawrence, um, so that's something. Lawrence Lawrence, I like that. Yeah. So I do have a Lawrence. Uh, legally in my name, so uh, uh, I made a good choice when I got married because I, 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 that's a that's a nice solid proper name. <laughs> I have to say I wouldn't. Con- I don't think I've ever would consider naming a child that way, but um, just because Bono kind of is like fairly iconic, but <laughs> but you're pretty. Yeah, you're pretty. <laughs> I'm sure there's really been a Larry or David. Yeah, <laughs> but Adam- you do have song song titles though. So I mm-hmm. mean. My daughter's name is Grace. We were going to name her that regardless, you know, uh, but it does. Oh, sure you were. It does help, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, and uh, my son, Peter, I, I've nicknamed him the chop because, you know, whatever happened to beat the chop. Yeah. So um, uh, nicknames kind of work out too. Yeah. But here, Bono. <laughs> no. <laughs> is that how you call no, your kids too? No. Oh, no, you're talking about dogs. <laughs> oh well, I, you know, uh, yeah. I guess I was segueing into that. I, you know, I still got that you thing going on, and it's just not good. Was that that we're was getting, before the show, right? We I, I don't think that was I actually guess we're, edit in, that out in the podcast part. We well, I'll put a link in the show to it just for posterity or or something. Oh no, <laughs> is the I did uh, it again. dog okay. singing uh, with her without you with his buddies in the car? Um, so Tim apologizes profusely. I apologize. Yeah for uh, mentioning it and uh, never shall it be referenced again. <laughs> you know, I just got one more thing to add. I don't think that I ever, ever said, kids, you ought to check this out. It's just kind of a part of our life. And then when we took them to it and them being adolescents, they really got into it. My son, uh, my 13 year old son is into drums now. And uh, I think every day I hear the soundtrack to the IE tour it, but he wears headphones and he plays drums and he starts right out with um, Miracle of Joey Ramone and he just goes through the show and like he drums along with Larry and it's hilarious that a 13 year old can do it. So there's something cool that happens there also in that they're getting an, a musical exposure that I don't think is a bad deal. And while they're getting that musical exposure, they're getting kind of this, uh, you know, emphasis on activism. I mean, I remember Bono bringing up this 13-year-old girl because it was her birthday in L.A., and she said, you know, you're probably going to grow up to be – Bono said to her, you'll probably grow up to be an asshole like me, you know? And I thought, <laughs> well, 
he just said that to a 13-year-old girl on her birthday, but I get what he means, you know, and then he laughed it off because you two fans. I hope the fans, parents laughed it off. Well, no, because he follows it up with this. You two fans make the best activists, he says. And so that's kind of a, you know what, I'm, I'm glad that my son goes in his room and puts on his headphones and plays drums to Innocence and Experience. I think there's a lot that's going to rub off on him because of that. He can listen to a whole lot worse. That's for sure. Yeah, that's definitely the truth. As our, our kids are somehow finding their way to Bruno Mars and stuff, and all of a sudden we realize they're singing along from a Dance Dance Revolution version of the game or whatever and on YouTube or video on YouTube. <laughs> and like, oh. I mean, I knew what the lyrics were, but my three-year-old's daughter singing it is a little different. Smoother <laughs> than a fresh jar of Skippy. <laughs> Which actually reminds me of, uh, I don't I think he still listens to the show. I don't know if he does. A.J. Garcia on Snapchat, funny enough, is where, the only connection I have to him. I don't know if that's his full name or not, but um, his son was one of the ones who was brought up um, to a, on a YouTube show this tour and was also, I think, flown over to Paris. And so, and seeing, he's a drummer, just, you said drummer to him and, and he often posts yeah. Snapchat videos of his son drumming along or singing along to, yeah. to you two. He's obviously got them well, uh, I was gonna say indoctrinated, but I, I don't think that's the case. His son definitely is a lover of music in general and mm-hmm. it's just very cool to see. And, and, um, and yeah, as a guitar player myself, it makes me want to figure out a way to sort of like work that into our, something that, you know, my kids and I can do together or whatever as they're, when they're ready kind of for that. So very cool. Yeah, great idea. All right. Well, I think that wraps up the roundtable for this episode. Uh, thanks for the discussion. And like we said, if you want to post uh, pics of your kids new at, at YouTube concerts, it'd be a fun sort of trip down memory lane maybe. And we'll we'll uh, discuss it in a future episode of the show and, and just highlight some of them or whatever. If Again, obviously, if you feel comfortable doing so. Um, and uh, coming up, with at youtube.com matt there's a, a bit of a, a thing happening starting on sunday thing that's a nice <laughs> yes there is a thing happening on sunday that's a good way to put it so this is uh, i think everybody knows this is the 40th well it's the 40th anniversary of when they first got together as a group of friends and decided to form a band obviously they were feedback and the hype uh, before they became U2 in 1978. But September 25th, 1976 was that very first meeting in Larry's Kitchen. And so I know a lot of fans, I don't recall exactly who it was or what website or whatever, but started the uh, the U2 40 hashtag just to sort of celebrate this 40th anniversary idea. And so we're going to be doing a whole bunch of stuff between now and September, and I would imagine it will spill over past September the rest of this year, perhaps, um, just to sort of you know, cel- uh, you know celebrate that 40th anniversary. And so we're going to start on Sunday, which happens to be June 5th, uh, which happens to be the 33rd anniversary of the Red Rock show, which was a very, very important part of U2's 40-year history. And so Sunday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9, p- 9 p.m. Eastern uh, 1 a.m. GMT, we are going to invite fans to put in the uh, the Red Rocks DVD and start watching it all together at the same time, and we will live tweet the show, and we'll treat it as if it were a U2 concert that was happening as at that exact moment. 
And so we'll be doing that on Twitter. And then what uh, we also did is um, all day Sunday, in fact, is sort of like Red Rocks Day. So our Twitter account throughout the day Sunday is going to be uh, live tweeting as if it was June fifth, nineteen eighty three. So we'll have and we'll have tweets about you know the weather and the decision to cancel the show or not cancel the show. And so um, you know, and it's all going to be based. I mean, it's all going to be actual fact based tweets based on you know the articles and and what have you that's been written about that show. <clears throat> None of it is you know not, it's not stuff we're making up. Um, it's all stuff that can be sourced to you know various articles and such. So it's going to be a day long thing on our Twitter account. You know, uh, reliving June fifth, nineteen eighty three. You're not going to do a um, setless spoiler, are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, if you if you haven't watched the video, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> don't follow the Twitter the hashtag uh, to have your setless spoiled from nineteen eighty three. Don't read the back of the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to bail if they don't play Drowning Man. <laughs> That's I swear that they sound sound checked pride. No, no, no. Just <laughs> well, I think that's a fun idea. I know that over various in- other people have done similar things with various events from history. And it's always just kind of fun to re- realize like how that would have been going on at this point. In yeah, there's... There's an account that I follow called Real Time World War II, which sounds kind of gruesome, but it's actually fascinating. It, it it tweets out the events of World War II as if they were happening, you know, on that day, and it's it's yeah, it's fascinating to follow. So that's sort of sprung the idea, and we'll, we'll try to do this again. I don't know if there's, you know, to be able to do a full day of tweets, you know, re- reliving a day from the past. You have to like Red Rocks has so much written about it. It was easy to come up with thirty or forty things to tweet out during the day. I'm not, you know, we'll have to figure out, you know, what other opportunities are to do that. Maybe, maybe live aid. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe something later in the year, who knows, but, um, yeah, we'll do that. And then we're, you know, we're working on a bunch of story ideas to cover the 40th anniversary people that we want to interview. Uh, we'll be doing, you know, some of our like a video and like a song essays related to the 40th anniversary and just got a lot of stuff going on that way. And then Tim, or Tim, I'm sorry, Chris, do you want to, um, <laughs> I just Tim can do it too. <laughs> Chris, do you want to uh, explain your idea for what we'll be doing here on the podcast? Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, Jeff in the chat room mentioned that someone's still going to try and request Acrobat for the list. <laughs> 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 we'll do a special edit somehow of send it out to people. Um, yeah, for the podcast, we I thought we would do, and we've been talking about doing this for, for a while, and sort of the U240 anniversary idea kind of help kickstart this idea of actually making this happen, I think is, uh, doing episodes and that won't necessarily be the next, um, shoot, how many albums do they have, but it won't be the next batch of episodes, but over the next few episodes, we'll be sprinkling in an, an episode that'll be fully solely dedicated to an album. And so we'll probably go chronological. I haven't, we haven't worked at all the details yet where we'll just talk about an album front to back, start to finish, um, songs on it, uh, things that were happening around the time when it was recorded, things that are happening when it was released, news of the day, that kind of stuff. And, and then also just obviously getting into maybe either a song by song breakdown of the, of the album or, or whatever level of uh, specificity we get into with that album and the folks who want to chat about it. So that'll be something that we'll be doing. 
more details, um, and and I'd love to incorporate listeners' uh, feedback and and potentially audio as well. But uh, watch if you follow me on Twitter, Icarus on Twitter, or we'll definitely post something on at YouTube.com when we have a little more details as far as how you could potentially send in some audio feedback. Let's say, for example, Actung Baby is your favorite album ever in the world. And you twenty fifth anniversary of Octung Baby. Well, there you go. And so you want to get some. You really have to get your voice heard about how much you love that album, and uh, and you're not Matt McGee. Then what you could do is build. <laughs> Wait, I declare that I am on that episode. <laughs> I know that's what I'm. I'm bracing okay. for the like sixteen member episode where we somehow record everybody else. Oh, Skype. we will need a fifth member for that episode. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Adam's Willie will make an appearance. The, uh, but you will be able to send and this <laughs> podcast title. <laughs> the, but uh, not for this episode. <laughs> Tim, this is why you do a crystal ballroom, right? Where it's only you that can talk. <laughs> the, no comment. <laughs> uh, but anyways, you'll be able to send an audio. And so, uh, you know, one to three minute kind of like, this is why I love Acrobat so much and why I think it's the best thing ever since sliced bread, et cetera. Um, that kind of stuff was what we'll be looking for. So if you can get your brain thinking about what you might want to send in and, uh, and we'll post potentially dates and, and sort of a schedule of when and how we'd be doing that. But uh, just to, to get people's brains going and thinking about how they could get involved, it'd be awesome to have folks um, send in their thoughts. Cause I know there's a lot of love for various albums or songs that aren't always the top of the list that we always think are. So um, yeah, that's where that's coming from. That'll be cool. I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah. Anything else before we wrap up, Matt? Am I forgetting anything else? I think that's uh, nothing from my list. Sherry or Tim? Not here. Any crystal ballroom episodes that people need to know about coming up? Oh, you know, we're going to have some special guests on, and uh, that's been fun. Just trying to grab some people in, and we might uh, we might be on this Saturday, and we're trying to schedule one so that our European friends can get involved because usually I do them in the evening and. They can't hang out live, so we're trying to get them involved too. Cool. And Tim, where can folks find you? Follow you on the on the interwebs? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Tim Newfeld, eight eight, just at T I M N E U F E L D, and it's the same on Periscope. Nice. And Sherry, how about you? Well, you can reach me on Twitter at at what am I? Um, at you two come, Sherry. <laughs> It's too late. Oh, 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 before I forget, with Crystal Ballroom stuff, Tim, uh, Periscope is able to save episodes now. So if you've missed uh, previous episodes, you can watch them now, even though you missed them a week ago or so. So um, that's a new development for the Crystal Ballroom. And the last one you had on Angela Pancella, who right. is doing a um, uh, a chapter in an upcoming book where she's talking about uh, doubt in U2's lyrics. So um, um, that was a really fascinating episode to be a part of um, where she's exploring uh, people who don't believe in a spiritual being. Um, and how they relate to U2's music, um, especially as it relates to doubt. So um, that was a fascinating uh, uh, crystal ballroom on that. Yeah, very cool. Um, and Matt, are you on Twitter still? Uh, I am still on Twitter. <laughs> I've 
thought about deleting my account, but I have not done it yet. <laughs> he just keeps tweeting out those dog videos, you know. <laughs> and sunset photos. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. Matt and I, we have a little competition for our sunset photos. Yeah, I think I know. You know you're either in dad territory or old man territory when you're competing <laughs> for sunset photos. <laughs> we <kidding>. are. <laughs> we are. Or both. <laughs> Yes, I'm uh, I'm at Matt McGee on uh, Twitter. That's where people can find me. And I will just add a little thing that on Sunday night when I publish OTR, which will be after we do all the Red Rock stuff, I'm going to be announcing a little new U2-related website that is that I have done. That the uh, it's a Matt McGee project, not an at U2 project, but the at U2 crew mm. has been very helpful in in sort of fact-checking me and all that sort of stuff. So anyway, I'm going to like slip that in OTR on Sunday night and sort of open it up to the world. So there you go. Yeah, I've, uh, we've, uh, we've, I think I can say, I don't know, but I've, I've had a peak. Some of you. Some, some of, of us you. have had a peak anyways, and I can definitely say it's worth um, staying up for after you check out the sunsets on Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yes. All right, and uh, of course you can follow at you too on Twitter at ATU2 and facebook.com slash ATU2com. And uh, this episode can be found at goodstuff.fm slash ATU2 slash 33 for all the links to things we discussed. And remember to send us pictures of your family at a U2 concert and send in questions, comments at uh, hashtag ask at U2 on Twitter. Thanks once again to uh, Simon Peta on, uh, on Twitter. Well, and I'm sure he lives in the real world besides Twitter. <laughs> for the theme music you'll be hearing as we exit this podcast. And uh, we'll see you again next time, folks. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Bye. Bye-bye.